Welcome back to the Dewhawk Dozen podcast, where each month the Young Alumni Advisory Board nominates one stellar graduate of the last decade to interview and to share their story. Regardless of where they're from or where they are now, their time at Loras connects them all. Let's, Let's do, do this. Welcome to the Dewhoff Dozen podcast, where we're spotlighting a Loras College graduate from the last decade. I'm Allison Wong, class of 2017, and I'm so excited to be speaking with Nick Satterley. Nick graduated in 2012 and is a Dewhawk through and through. He was his class president. Two of his siblings also attended Loras, and Nick married a Dewhawk. He was a Bright Box student and visited Namibia through the Fulbright Hayes Scholarship Program in his junior year. And do you remember Chicken Nugget Monday? Well, we have Nick to thank for that. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us, what have you been up to since graduating? Well, uh, I taught at Xavier High School for about six years. That's in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, I taught religion while I was there, and I also taught the freshman transition class. And then um, I got right back into school about two years out to get my uh, administration degree. I, I served as a dean of students, and I'm in my second principalship out here in Cary, Illinois, at St. Peter and Paul Catholic School. Wow. So I'm assuming your major at Loris was education. Yeah, I, I was a secondary uh, teacher, so I'm trained to be a social studies teacher. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time at Loris and the education program. Yeah. At what point in your college career did you kind of realize you wanted to be in education? It's kind of a funny uh, story. I, I didn't ever see myself as a, a teacher. Um, when I went to school, I liked it enough. I, I, but I, when I was in college, I originally was going to, going to get a general business degree, and then I wanted to go to law school. That was where I was kind of set at. And I was in an introductory business class. And one of the assignments was to print off an envelope and put and put a name and date on it correctly. And I don't know why. And I, I, I got a D on it. And I remember kind of sitting and looking at this and realized I don't have any passion for this. So it was a it was a look in the mirror of like, thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, a lot of the students who I saw who were really happy and just seemed to be excited about their major were education majors and I thought and prayed about it a lot and I kind of uh, had a cold cold interview with Dr. Shirell and I said I decided I'm, I'm going to be a teacher. Wow yeah I mean having passion for something that can really drive a lot of people I feel like decide their majors because they think it's going to be like financially stable or that it's just like the major to do but it's really what you want to pursue and what you want to do for your life. Yeah, you know, I like to tell people that I don't feel like I, I I have been happy going to my job every day since I graduated from Loris. And in a lot of ways, it doesn't make it feel like work. And uh, at the time, I was actually working in a parks program for the past couple summers in Rockford, Illinois. I spent like three years working for Rockford Park District, uh, working with their summer camps, and I loved it. 
And that was kind of my aha moment of like, if I love this, there's probably something I can do with this that would make me happy. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made with my life. That's great. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, how are you with that decision? Did you feel like you made the right decision? And clearly you're enjoying yourself and it was the path you were supposed to take. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know. I can't imagine my life, I guess, going in a different way. Uh, it was once it was kind of once I, I got into I decided I was going to take some introductory um, education classes. And uh, Loris provided me just a lot of experiences to get in the classroom um, to I don't know, just to uh, see classrooms and schools for the first time that were really unique. I, you know, I was I was only in the education program for like six months before I had an opportunity. Even I tried to travel to Chicago and uh, take part of the uh, multicultural education program that worked in Pilsen and really experience what schools would be like. So they did a really good job of making me see what that career would look like. And uh, like I said, best decision I've ever made. When I was a junior at Loris, there was a professor there named uh, Shimani Shikwambi, and he was an education professor, and I had taken educational psychology with him. And he was a was bringing, well, he was leading a Fulbright Hayes trip to, uh, to Namibia. And uh, what that program is, uh, Fulbright is a is a is a program that goes back to the Cold War era. And the purpose of it is to exchange teachers um, as opposed to as opposed to exchanging diplomats because it really helps um, countries to get to know one each other. So I signed up for that trip kind of on a whim. And um, I was one of uh, two Laura students who went and uh, was there with uh, college professors, teachers. And we, we traveled across the country learning about Namibia, working in um Namibian schools uh, and uh, just experiencing a completely different culture. It was uh, it was really meaningful to me uh, just to see something completely different than uh, w- what I saw when I was at, at home in the United States. I, if you're, you know, when I was in Namibia, it was 2010. So Namibia has a similar uh, history of South Africa and that sophomore actually was in the democracy and global DMOC class. And we did the South Africa role play. And uh, now as a 33 year old, I look back and say, I was in a post-apartheid state 20 years after. And it was really fascinating for me just to see uh, how other countries function. Uh, I remember sitting in a classroom a social studies classroom because I was a social studies background and they asked the students to take out a a uh, their book because they were going to do a lesson um, and it was a geography lesson and one book was taken out of the class and it, then it was passed from student to student as they tra- traced out a map of China and I remember thinking to myself uh, what a different world I live in in the United States um, and what I what what do I want to do um, to make it a better place? Um, when we were in Namibia, we went to all these different schools, and we, when we would walk into the school, um, they like they were rural schools. They were uh, we were living in host families. There were urban schools, 
hundreds of kids would come outside and, and do a do a dance for you just because they were so 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 proud of their culture and so proud of their kids but um that Fulbright experience I don't think I would have ever gotten had I not been at Loris in uh, Dr. Shokwambi's class and um I I wasn't certainly a kid looking for it it was just a Loris professor saying hey, uh, I think Nick Sad really would like this. And uh, giving me that tap on the shoulder and that really springboarded me forward. And my wife, Katie, after I did a, a, I did a Fulbright Haze, which is like the short-term version of that. My wife, Katie, did an entire year in Fulbright um, teaching English in Malaysia. So uh, that's a thing that we both shared together of that experience coming from Loris. Oh, wow. That's so special that you both got to have similar experiences in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I really, the Loris history program was really impactful towards me in general as well. I kind of spoke a little bit earlier about tough things. Um, my favorite professor I ever had at Loris was Dr. Chris Anderson Bricker. And uh, it's funny I say that because my first three years, I avoided her class like no other because she had a reputation of being a tough teacher. And uh, I ended up taking two classes with her my senior year and she just became my model teacher of what I wanted to be um she held you to your best um but helped you get there I will always remember the first day of our uh United States survey class so, and I think she did it on purpose for uh, a social studies she had we had to reference a specific book in the library there was this one book and I remember it was the night before the class and there was 20 of us all in the library trying to find the book because none of us managed our time well. I know, knew what to do, passing it around, trying to get this assignment done before uh, before the time went at an hour. But I think what a valuable lesson that she immediately set of you need to manage your time. You need to work in teams. Um, you're going to be adults soon. Um, and I found her to be one of the most practical teachers I ever taught with. Um, she, I did, wrote my thesis with her on the Student Nonviolence Coordinating Committee. And uh, I've really had a passion of learning about the civil rights movement ever since. Wow, that's a great story about CAB, which she also is known as. <laughs> I really enjoyed having her as a professor as well. I just had her for some advanced gen ed classes actually. And yeah, a great professor. Yeah, uh, fascinating, interesting, and just truly cares about her students. And she, she's definitely one of those people that kind of teaches you like just because something's tough uh, doesn't mean it's it's not worthwhile. I, I think I I got a uh, B plus on on my on my uh, my thesis, but I I was more proud of that B plus than I ever was of anything I did just because I worked so hard at it. Yeah, I bet <laughs> that's great. Do you have any an examples of Duhawks supporting Duhawks in your life post graduation? Yeah, actually, when I when I went to become a uh, principal, um, I had never been a principal before. I had, I served as a dean of students for a little bit, um, which is a different sort of a role. And um, I, I applied for a job in Waterloo, Iowa, at a middle school called Blessed Maria Sunta Plata Middle School. And I was talking with my friend Daniel Toll, who also was applying to, for to be a principal for the first time. He's one year younger than me. He was also in the Breitbach program with me. And we hadn't really seen each other since Loris, except for weddings and here or theirs. Um, and sure enough, I, I, I got the job as the middle school principal, and he was the high school principal. And we had two connected buildings together. We were, we were these uh, two 20-something-year-old principals um, trying to learn what it means to be a principal. 
Um, Daniel's a fantastic principal. He currently serves at Mazda Kelly in Dubuque. And uh, he truly, uh, having a friend in that role, having a Duhawk on that role, I, I think we both pushed each other to become great leaders. Um, Daniel's a, it's just a great guy. And uh, it was just kind of awesome going backwards from being 21 and 22, you know, around campus to uh, actually being out there making a, making a difference. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a perfect example. I love that. Yeah, that's great. And during your time at Loris, you were really involved in the student union service trips. What skills do you think you developed from those activities that you still use today? Well, uh, my sophomore year, uh, Colleen Cool um, posted that they were looking for a service coordinator. And the past year, I had, I had went on a trip to McKee, Kentucky. I was a freshman, and I just popped on the trip. And it was really an eye-opening experience for me just to see that people live differently than I did, uh, that people in different parts of the world struggled um, and had different struggles than I did. And uh, I got to take on that role of organizing all the different service trips we did. I think we did like, I'm in a ballpark, like seven to eight different trips during that time. And uh, as a part of those, I got to just really develop empathy skills. I think that I still use as an administrator of understanding not everybody comes from the same place that you do, um, but everybody has something that you can learn from them and everybody has an experience um, that is valuable and can be heard. Um, I always, I think fondly through a lot of those trips that I went on and, and organized and, you know, I was 20, you know, I, it, it was, it was a, it was a real, it's been a really good experience for me. And then when I was a, a teacher, I got to bring a, or a youth minister, I got to bring a lot of my own students, those same sort of experiences. I brought them to Appalachia. I brought them to Chicago because those are the places Loris brought me and I learned a lot from. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. What about this chicken nugget Monday <laughs> legacy of yours? Tell us about this. How did you make this a thing? And how does it feel that this is still a thing at Loris? Well, I didn't even know it was still a thing at Loris until I got these interview questions. But it did. Uh, it, I, it, it makes me smile that it's still around. Uh, there was a, the, I was the class president and my vice president was Dan McDermott. And I remember we sat in student union and people used to come to student union and ask us to like propose these wild ideas or like big things like that really a student union couldn't do. And I remember we were talking about like, what's one way that could make all the students happier and we could just show how this process can work for everybody. And we talked about how when Loris would have chicken nuggets on Mondays or Tuesdays that the entire cafeteria would fill. And that was the truth. When they had chicken nuggets before chicken nugget Monday, it was a day. Everybody like, oh, it's chicken nugget day. Kids would fill up water bottles with chicken nuggets and take them back to their room. People were putting them in tin foil. We said, let's just do it every single Monday. So we approached Aramark and they were fine with the idea. And uh, we were pretty popular guys for, for two or three months immediately following that. I didn't even believe it still existed when I saw the interview question. So I searched it and a TikTok video picked up, popped up of some, some student talking about how it was her favorite day. And it just made me smile. Like that's a long time ago and that's still happening. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. What was the reaction on campus when like it was announced that this was official chicken nugget Monday? Uh, people were really happy about it. I, I, I remember 
they were just eating bags and bags of chicken nuggets. And uh, I, kids really, I think it was, it was fun loving. Like what was the dislike about having chicken nuggets every single week? And um, I remember all the sports teams at Loris would just show up around that time too. And you would just watch all the football players and the cross country players, just see how many chicken nuggets they could eat. So (laughs) it was a, it was a fun, fun thing to be a part of. Yeah. What a thing to be known for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, a hundred years from now, who knows if they'll remember Nick Satterley, but they might be still having chicken nuggets in the calf. Exactly. A really good legacy. Was Taco Tuesday a thing for you when you were at Loris? I think it was around, but I won't lie. Chicken Nugget Monday was the day that people were pretty excited about. We, uh, Loris, yeah, Loris, when I was there, at least the cafeteria wasn't as updated as it is now. It's it's a beautiful cafeteria, but the, the updates hadn't happened um the pub was nice as well too people loved the pub chinese food that was definitely uh, i would say next to chicken nugget monday was was the chinese food in the in the in the pub was a big deal gotcha so fun well how do you think loris and like the Hawk community has played a role in your life post-graduation oh well um my wife is a Hawk alumni uh, you know, that's always something that's very special to the two of us. We got married at Loris. Um, my son is baptized by a priest who was my college roommate at Loris. He actually got water from the, the Holy Land to baptize my, my, my son, which was really, really special for us. Uh, you know, I just have a lot of really good friends who are Duoc alumni. When, when I decided to move out here to Cary, um, I, I was moving back from being in Iowa for a long time. And it was a little bit different for me because I was just I had been out of state for so long and I sat down at the interview committee. Uh, there were two Duhawks there. And then I got here and my associate pastor to Duhawk and uh, that alumni, uh, there was a lot of shared values. And uh, whether I'm meeting somebody who graduated 30 years ago or a, a young student who's in it, I, there's a lot that you can relate to. Yeah. Always a Duhawk somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice or a lesson you learned from your time at Loris or from another Duhawk? Um, you know, Loris, I, I was a really involved student at Loris, and I wouldn't say I was that same way when I was in high school. Um, I had a, I had a fear of failure that a lot of people have, just tr- being afraid if I'm going to try this, it's not going to go well, or I'm not going to even, you know, put my name in the ring. Um, Loris really taught me to go for it. And if you go for it, the worst thing that happened is, Hey, maybe something doesn't go right for you. Um, I, I've taken that motto, um, into about everything I've tried in my life. And, uh, it's, it's always, uh, treated me well. I think, uh, I, when I was in, when I was in high school, I would have never dream, dreamed of being my class president. I would, or I don't think it would even have to my nerve to put my name on the ballot. Um, when I was in high school, I don't think I would ever, um, have thought that I would ever, uh, get to go abroad, um, or try something completely different. And, um, uh, as I went into my own professional life, like whether it was like going after principalship at a young age, um, or moving to a place on my own, or, uh, just, uh, trying some of the things I've tried or taken on, um, that value of just going for it has served me well. And um, 
I I don't know that that's how I always that's that's the way I kind of view it. There's a lot of people that live their lives with the impression that you know failure is going to ruin them, but it, it's never as bad as anybody thinks. And if we don't try things that we're that we're scared of, um, we're never going to grow. I see in education all the time, you know, kids can be very, very scared of like, I don't know how I'm going to do on this. So I'm just not going to try. And we're just constantly trying to build that grit mindset of we need to try and fail and try again and try again. Um, because, uh, that's how, that's how we grow. And those are the best experiences. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is such a great thing to carry from your time at Loris. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Any advice for seniors who are graduating this month? <laughs> Yeah. Um, you're only 22 once. Try everything and go for your dreams as far as what you want to do in life. There's uh, You'll have your whole life to take the, sa the safe route or the route that you think is uh, going to be easiest. You know, I mean, you're 22 years old. <laughs> and uh, if, if, if it's your dream, yeah, go for it. And, you know, put your put your name out on that application that you're worried about or reach out to that company that's that 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 that's your life dream to be at uh it does you're the person who puts limits on yourself and uh don't do it yeah that's great great advice so you were a bright box student so tell me about that and how that impacted you yeah that's what really brought me to loris in the first place uh i was uh very set on between Loris and another school and I, I really couldn't make my mind and this bright black program was only in its second year I didn't really know much about it and I applied for it and got into it um it's a really it was a really beneficial experience for me because uh, at the time it was run by Father Wathier and uh Father Wathier's expectation is that every student in that classroom is a leader and if you're a leader then you have uh you have some expectations from the world for you. Uh, some of my best friends are still from the Breitbach program. I, I was just having lunch with a friend from not too long ago. Um, my wife was in the Breitbach program. Um, so was my sister. I, some of the classes that we took uh, really strengthened and challenged my faith. Um, but it's almost a fraternal organization as I look back on it. Um, since I got to be a teacher, I when I taught high school and when I was a youth minister out in Solon, um, I think I referred about three students to the Breitbach program, and that brings me a lot of joy. Um, just one, that they're at Loris, but two, that they're sharing the same thing that I got to do, taking the same classes, reading the same books, um, makes me feel like I made a difference. Yeah, sounds like you did. Did you keep in touch with anyone in the Breitbach program? Like, is that something that you've carried and you've all stayed in touch or... Yeah, I, I keep in contact with probably about five people from my class. Um, and then there's just some crossover students, like I, like I said, outside of the class that I keep in contact with. I texting, messaging when they're in town. I had a Breitbach buddy who was just out here for a conference two nights ago. We hadn't seen each other in three years. We're getting, getting Thai food together. Um, it's just something where you're always connected and you have a lot of shared experiences. So tell me about being a young principal. You know, it's, it's, it's a really great job. I, 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 I was never really sure that I wanted 
to be a principal right away when I went to get my my degree. I always thought it was something that I, I would get the degree early while I didn't have any kids. And then maybe one day when I was in my mid-30s, I could start it. Um, I had a blessing when I was at Xavier to get the opportunity to be uh, to work as dean of students for a couple of years. And then I kind of moved my way up. Um, right now, I work at St. Peter and Paul. It's in Cary, Illinois. I have 235 students, um, ages 2 to 14. And I, it's, it's the best career in the world. I, I get to work with um, smiling, joyful children every single day. And I have the absolute best staff around me. Um, I think great principals are principals who, who understand, one, that they, they don't know everything, um, but they're there to learn. And I think a lot of that comes from being at Loris of being a reflective thinker. Um, and I think also great principals, you know, I, I think today more than ever, what the best principals do is support their teachers. And uh, if you have high quality staff, um, just making where like, I think of the analogy of like a snowplow, like I, it's my job as the as the principal to uh, keep keep the streets wide open so they can keep on teaching away. And uh, I've absolutely loved being a principal. That's awesome. So what's a what's a day like if you're a principal? Like, what do you what's it like? <laughs> I, you know, there's lots of fun stuff. I, I start every single morning at, as crossing guard. I do my lunch duties every single day. I do my rounds of the classroom. But as a Catholic school principal, you know, you could spend your day marketing, recruiting kids, um, recording your daily announcements, your videos, um, teaching lessons. Uh, no day's the same. Um in, in Catholic schools where everything's a little bit smaller around here. So people think sometimes all oh, that might be a less work, but as a principal, it's I uh, here. If you're a Catholic school principal, it's about uh, trying to make sure you're doing all of those things uh, the best that you can. Catholic school life is definitely enjoyable and um, watching kids grow from ages like three to 14 is really, really neat. Um, I, I have a, a somebody that I, I, I work with that I, uh, tells me like those are the years with that we have our greatest investment in our kids. Like they're choosing who they want to be, what they want to do and how they want to impact the world. And it's, it's really a blessing. And I, I feel it, it, I feel like it's just a great gift that God's given me to be able to do this. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you and learning all about your Loris college story. So thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Loris College and the Young Alumni Advisory Board. Be sure to tune in next month to learn about our next Dewhawk Dozen candidate. And if you know someone who should be featured, nominate them. Thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>